This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm your carefree host, Ben Hale. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 22 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I've got a great episode here today as well. Uh, I'll be honest, it's not my favorite topic, but with that, you know, it's also a great episode because it's very, very important, actually. So while it may not be the funnest topic, it's an important topic, and we all need to make sure we're aware of what to do in difficult situations. And that's what we're talking about today, is dealing with violations. Now, hopefully, this is something you'll never have to deal with, but um, the reality is violations are more and more common uh, with more and more people today for, for smaller and smaller minutia. And um, the, the reality is um, it's a difficult situation. We want to deal with it in the best way we can um, to get the best outcome possible. So that's what we're talking about today is, is how do we deal with this the best way we can and get the best outcome. Okay. And that's not just for you too. That's, that's for you and your neighborhood. How do we get the best outcome? Okay. All right. I wanted to get that out there too. Okay. So dealing with violations, this can really be, you know, an emotional topic if it's something you're dealing with, especially now. So if you come by, if you just found this episode, uh, you have no idea who I am, right? Well, first of all, I'm a super cool guy. Uh, I love landscapes. I love staring at plants and, um, I'm super stoked to share my knowledge with you. Okay. So that's all true stuff. Um, But what we're talking about here on the Aesthetic Ecosystems podcast is is saving time in your landscape on the things that you don't need to be spending time on so you can have more time to do what's important in your life. Okay. And so violations can be a difficult piece to handle um, and it can really negatively affect our our lifestyle because it can negatively affect our neighbor's relationships. And so the people that we see day in and day out living next to us, we have to live next to them. So if, if you're not having a good harmonious relationship in your neighborhood, it can really af- negatively affect your life. And so we're going to try and keep things as positive as possible uh, where we live. And sometimes, you know, that's very difficult. And violations are one piece of that for sure. It's a very tough piece of that. So we want to figure out how to deal with these in the best way possible to get the most positive outcome for ourselves and for our neighbors um, so we can reduce this happening in the future as well. Okay, now this actually touches near and dear to me because I've had a maintenance violation from my next door neighbor and and let me tell you, this can be very difficult and very stressful. So I want to share with you my story on dealing with a violation, the the emotions that I experienced, um, and, and how you can um, hopefully work through this if you ever have to deal with this and get the best outcome possible and maybe not do some of the things I felt like I wanted to do and some of the things I did actually do um, while dealing with this situation. So we want to get the best outcome possible. And that's not to say this is an easy process, but um, we want to get the best long-term outcome. And so for my story, okay, I about, let's see, this was about seven months ago, I received a maintenance violation on our property for not maintaining my yard uh, up to the 
the township codes standard. So the township code has some zoning regulations written in uh, a property a property maintenance code, and and it's actually written very similarly to uh, what you would uh, have in, an, in a homeowners association. So we actually moved into this township thinking that uh, we specifically didn't want to live in an HOA uh, because we didn't want to have to worry about the day-to-day upkeep of our uh, appearance of our property, especially while we're dealing with um, proper, a, a piece of property that required a lot of work. So we were looking at a lot of houses that, that uh, needed a lot of repair so we could actually afford uh, a slightly bigger house than we could otherwise afford um, with the price range we were looking in uh, with our current lifestyle uh, planning on having starting a family. So when we when we purchased our house, we purchased this house. It was in a horrible, horrible shape, um, and the landscape was just as bad. So so the interior of the house, just so you guys know, it was something you could hardly walk into uh, because just the stench was so strong. There there were a lot of cats that lived in the house. They just tore the place apart. Um, the, the people didn't take care of it. It was, it was just a difficult situation. The, help, the, the family had a lot of problems. Um, and, and unfortunately, the house suffered and the landscape suffered. So the interior of the house was horribly difficult to live in and it needed triage. It needed immediate help. And the landscape uh, also needed help as well. But it had to take a backseat to our to our uh, immediate living space, and so for um, just for your awareness, the landscape situation, uh, even when we were looking at this place, the grass was sometimes uh, twelve to fourteen inches high. Probably um, the the front awning of the house had a pillar that was just missing. It just it had just fallen down, and so the awning was kind of leaning. Uh, it was in horrible shape. Um, the the garden beds were just overgrown. They had these giant yew bushes that you could hardly walk down the pathway with. Um, the backyard was even worse. Um, there was an above-ground pool that had been installed in some previous years, and the the slope of the ground was altered during this installation where where the water would basically um during a rain event would flow toward the house and and there when we bought the house there was no longer an above ground pool there so all that was left was this giant circular pit that was recessed in the ground from about six inches on one side to about uh, almost two feet on the other side and so what this happened to become was a, a a burn pit for the previous owners and so you can imagine our our property was in a pretty rough state and what we did is we kind of decided okay we got to fix the interior of the house there's a lot that needs to be done the house needs to be completely gutted before we can even move in and then there's a ton of work to get it to where it's livable uh, and comfortable and so we decided to focus on the interior of the house we are still doing that because life happens right and we had kids and we now have three children uh, in that in between time and with those three children uh, of course our time has become more and more uh, valuable at the same time we made a conscious effort to get our landscape to where it was livable it was not miserable uh, to maintain it on a frequent enough basis to not be a nuisance and to kind of leave it go until later and so when you guys are hearing this now is that later time period our house is still not finished to the way we want on the inside but it's at least comfortable there's a a lot of little things you know that 
irk me because in my perfectionist attitude. But but the reality is, it's a pretty nice space now. We're very thankful for the house we have, um, it, and we do have a pillar on our front porch now. So don't you worry. Um, and and now it's time to where we can begin to focus on the exterior of the house. Now, unfortunately, this kind of I'm kind of bringing you through the history, but now let's fast forward to about. Um, this was, let's see, about October, November last year. So we had our third son. We have three boys, three young, beautiful boys. Awesome. Great fun to play with. Never, never a bad day, of course, right? A little bit of sarcasm there. But uh, um, but uh, our third son was born in September of this past year. And, and so, of course, it was a very busy month. And it, for those of you who might live in other regions, the end of the summer, so come late August through through early October, is kind of the the last burst of growth for cool season grasses. And so our lawn being a hard fescue uh, lawn, it really puts on this big burst of growth towards the end of the season that coincided with our third child being born. So as you can imagine, we were very busy. Uh, we had a lot of tough days. Um just adapting to the new lifestyle, especially with our, our two older boys really kind of learning how to adapt to the new family situation. And of course, the last thing we're thinking about is is mowing the grass, right? And so coincident with this, we we cut our grass at a high level. And, and so when it starts to grow even just a little bit, sometimes it can start to look uh, a little out of shape. Now, when you're cutting your grass uh, at this height, during these rapid growth stages, you still need to cut your grass relatively often. It's, it's during the lower growth stages that you can really cut down on the frequency of mowing. So, so it, um, we have about a month old child, two other toddlers in the house, and our neighbor decides, instead of even talking to me, decides to submit a property maintenance violation for our house. And so you can imagine the frustration of my wife calling me while I'm at work, and and saying, hey, we got this notice of violation, and we don't even know why. It doesn't have any clarity on what is the violation. Um, it's just a letter that was placed on our house, um, and it said we had two weeks to comply or um, we're fined, and that the, the township is going to come in and take care of the issue for us, uh, and we have to pay for it. So... As you can imagine, this was incredibly frustrating at an incredibly difficult time for our family as we're adapting to our new lifestyle with very little sleep. And so um, you can imagine potentially the emotions I felt, uh, the frustration I had, and also the, 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 the stress at wondering who had the nerve to, to issue a violation against us without even talking to us. Uh, and so there was a lot of frustration and it took us a while to really just calm down and and to decide how to best move forward. And so I can fast forward a few months and to let you know that um, I had a very positive interaction with the township in con- talking with them, understanding what the specific violation was, making sure I rectified it, and also understanding who the individual was that had issued the violation. Now, in that time, too, the um, this is potentially a much better outcome than you may get, but my my neighbor actually uh, came forward and and had a really open discussion with me and, and apologized for um, the lack of understanding 
and um, and really worked to build a positive relationship from what was a very negative situation. So I actually had a very good outcome, but unfortunately we went through a very tough part there where it was very frustrating, very stressful, very difficult, um, nearly to the point where I wanted to move our family out of the house to somewhere else. That's, that's how frustrated I was. And so that's not what we want here again, because we're talking about improving our lives. And while we talk mostly about improving the amount of time we have available in our life, this is also just about living our life to its fullest. And it's very difficult when your neighbors are doing something that makes you feel um, inadequate or just very stressed out, uncomfortable, embarrassed to live where you're living. And so these are all, um, you know, important things to work on. And that's what I want us to work through here. So that is in a nutshell, my story about our violation and how we lived through it. And now I want to share what I've learned with you to really help you if you ever have to deal with this situation. Okay. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of what you can do to best deal with a violation. Now, first things first, what I want to do is to acknowledge the feelings and emotions you may experience when you're issued a violation. So this can be a very emotional and very stressful time because essentially what this is is somebody else telling you that your space and your lifestyle is not good enough, right? That's that's kind of what registers in your mind. Um, that might not be the other person's intent. But a lot of times that's where your mind goes to. That's definitely where my mind went to. And so it's, it's very stressful. Um, so some of the other emotions are frustration, anger, or it's just infuriating, um, embarrassing, difficult. Um, it's something you, you may want to want to retaliate about it, right? Um, now it's important to acknowledge these emotions, understand where they're coming from, um, and to also kind of try and when you're dealing with this stuff to really try and provide a different outlet for those emotions. Okay. It's hard to just suppress them. That's not always the best thing, but to just to make sure we're not using this situation as our outlet for the emotions that may have been stirred through the situation. Okay. So make sure you find a healthy outlet for it before you deal with the specific situation. Okay. So let's let's make sure we don't let emotion cloud our judgment or our actions when working through dealing with this violation. Okay, so now how to deal with a violation. First things first, you want to try and stay calm. Now again, this might require that you you process through your emotion, you get out your emotion in whatever way necessary and healthy uh, before you actually deal with this violation head on. Okay, so do that in the best and healthiest way you can. But during these, these steps below that I'm going to talk about, make sure you stay calm. Okay, so the other piece is there's always context behind the event. Try not to use this as an excuse for the violation. So the context I gave you for ours was our living situation we moved in. Our landscape has always been in better condition than when we purchased the property. And of course, those people hadn't had a violation, right? But also, we, we were in a difficult stage of, of life where, unfortunately for us and for our neighborhood, uh, the, the lawn was one of our, our least um, 
priorities. We were very more concerned about dealing with making sure the health of our family was was good, uh, making sure everybody was happy and taken care of. And those were, that was our priority. That was the singular priority for us, right? And so while that's a context, it's not an excuse for, for the, the condition. So for me, my lawn was taller than what was supposed to be um, what it was supposed to be according to the regulations. And so whether or not I had context for it, the fact of the matter was that I was in violation of that code. Okay, so let's make sure we don't use the context as an excuse, but more for awareness and understanding, and, and hopefully we can just work through the situation. So the next piece is to understand and investigate the source of the violation. So sometimes this is a much deeper issue than the violation itself. And so it's important to try and understand why was the violation um, issued and is that the real reason for the violation or is it somebody that's upset with you? Um, so, you know, it could be a deeper um, neighbor issue or somebody that uh, is upset with you for other reasons. And it's important to make sure we can rectify whatever situation is at hand. So even if we rectify the, the violation, it may not take care of the long-term issue. So make sure we really understand what is the, the core of the matter here. Is it just the violation or is it something deeper? Okay. So the first step to do is to call the issuing authority. So this may be your, your local township zoning property maintenance officer, as it was in my case, or it may be your HOA board member, um, Whatever the case, make sure you talk to them and understand the details of the violation. So make sure you request any details that may be written down. It may be actual official written document, or it may be something that was um, uh, verbally communicated. But either way, get as many details as you can about the violation. What is the actual violation? And then understand the source of the violation. Was it a complaint? Was it some sort of authority that, that maintains compliance? So somebody that goes around and checks properties. Um, what was the actual source of the violation? Because this, this can really affect whether or not there's a deeper issue at hand. So if, if it is a complaint, make sure you also request the contact's identity. Um, this may or may not be divulged. Um, it may or may not be public record. But it's important to at least ask and this isn't for purposes of retaliation, but for purposes of understanding. And so for my township, um, it becomes public record when you issue a violation. And so it, it was public record, which means I have a right to understand who that um, individual was. And usually, and, and definitely was in my case, the township is reluctant to share that unless directly requested. So, of course, they don't want to cause further issues. Um so it's important to, if you'd like to understand the deeper issue, you can request the contact of the complaint. Okay. The next piece is during this whole conversation, make sure you are cordial, make sure you are respectful, and make sure you are professional. Again, we're dealing with somebody who is an authority here, right? Their, their job is to enforce codes. And so if you are in violation of a code, you are a violator. And so it's important to always maintain a position of respect, cordial, cordiality, cord, cordialness. We're going to go with um, respect. 
<laughs> and professionalism. Okay. Um, so make sure you're always, um, you know, being as professional as possible. It's not the, it, it most likely isn't the person you're talking to is not the, the, um, person who is acting out potentially and, or, um, trying to negatively impact your lifestyle. Okay. So make sure we don't take out our frustration on the person we're talking to. Instead, they are a source of information for us, a source of understanding for us so we can move forward and rectify the situation. Okay. Now, what I want to say here too, is the more positive and respectful you maintain this relationship, the less friction you have with authority um, the, also the more positive and you respectful you are with the, the complainant, if you end up talking with this person, uh, the less friction you have in the future as well, um, as well as the best chance for resolution. So really by being positive and cordial and respectful, you have the, and professional, you have the best chance of rectifying this situation as well as preventing further issues in the future. Because if you're rude, you're aggressive, you're emotional, most likely you're going to be seen as the violator who is not being compliant and you're going to have a big target placed on your property for future violations. Okay, so it's actually in your best interest to be as professional as possible in this situation. Also, while this is not an apology, share with the authority that you are regretful of the inconvenience that is caused by the situation. Okay? So when you have a violation placed against you, there's a lot of paperwork that needs to go through most likely. There is actual work that needs to be done to issue the violation and to follow up on it to make sure you're being compliant. So it's just helpful to make sure you account for the, and acknowledge, I guess that's a better word, to acknowledge that there is work involved with this situation and you're regretful of that. Now, regret is not necessarily an apology so you don't necessarily need to apologize unless you feel the need to um, for, you know, the extra time and effort that's been caused by this situation. Okay, next, make sure with this discussion with the issuing uh, authority that you confirm that you will resolve this issue as soon as you possibly can. All right, for me, I actually, this made me very upset, but for me to comply with our violation as quickly as possible before we received any sort of fine, I ended up on Halloween evening having to drive home from work as quickly as possible to cut our lawn, cut our grass before um, we had rain the next several days and before a, um, a compliance officer was at our property checking out things. So unfortunately, it may be very inconvenient and uh, may make you unhappy uh, it may make you stressed, may make you miss out on family stuff like I did. Um, but it's important to um, confirm that you will resolve the issue as soon as possible and then follow up by resolving the issue. Okay, so that's really what I have for how, I, how to deal with an existing violation. Now let's just spend a really short bit on what you can do long term to avoid future violations. So the biggest piece here is is really just what we've talked about in this episode uh, or in this podcast throughout each episode. What we're talking about is is really uh, changing our life through redesigning our landscapes and redesigning how we perceive our landscapes, right? So we can also design to reduce maintenance that will reduce the frequency or the need for violations, 
Okay. So there's a couple episodes I really recommend you check out if you really want to dive into this. So the first, well, this is two episodes actually is episodes two and three go over low maintenance landscape basics. Okay. So the, the, the core pieces of low maintenance landscape design, I really recommend you check out episodes two and three. I'll have a link in the show notes to each of these links or each of these episodes and also episode 20. So episode 20 was easy landscape principles for homeowners associations and local codes. So that's another good one to check out um, in order to avoid violations in the future. So the last piece I want to say here with avoiding long-term violations and redesigning your landscape is that I offer consultation, one-on-one digital consultations. And if you want some help, I can talk with you about what you need to focus on in your landscape, what specific needs you have, and what things you can do to make the greatest impact to avoid violations in the future to reduce the amount of maintenance you need to do with your landscape. If that sounds like something that's interesting to you, you can check out easylivingyards.com slash consulting, and there you'll find all the information you need on whether or not you want to join up with a consultation with me. So make sure you check out the show notes for all the links I dropped in today's show. And with that, guys, it's a wrap for the day. So thanks for tuning in and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.